Hello, <clears throat> excuse me. This is Matt Barbie with Time for Success, Business Owner Moms Edition, where we dive into what it takes to be successful in business and life for for moms. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I've got Amy Nurishkin here with me. Say hi. 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 Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. And um, so, um, my name is Matt Barbie. I'm your host. I'm a speaker, trainer, coach. And, uh, you know, my passion is helping business owners really create the business that gives them the life, well, it gives them and their families the, the lives that they dream of. And, and so this is really a, a, about, you know, how do, we, how do we make sure that we, you know, protect all areas of life in that pursuit of, of a, a winning business as well. So, Amy, thank you so much for being on the show today. And can you tell the audience a little bit more about you and, and your business and what you do? So I would describe myself as a teacher, a learner, and a culture coach. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so a lot of times people ask me, what, what's a culture coach? Yeah. And well, you know that awkward moment, we've all experienced it when you don't know what to say because you're talking to a person from a different race or different culture. Sure, sure. And um, this is what I get to do is help people find the freedom to talk with just about anybody across differences and commonalities. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good because... You know, sometimes you, I mean, you, you want to be considerate of differences and right. sometimes you're just not sure like, uh, is this the wrong way to go? Am I crossing a line? Am I not communicating right. effectively, saying the wrong thing that they might take right. completely differently than me? Right, right. And, and when you've, when you've got all that, when you've got that awkwardness and then you compound it in a corporate setting, whether yeah. it's a, yeah. a school, a church, a corporation, a nonprofit, Oh, you can just imagine the impact on collaboration and innovation and productivity. So it's so fun to be able to help people step into authentic relationships mm. um, such that they can feel free to check on how they're coming across to other people right? and right. Um, check on impact that, rather than be so concerned about their intent. Yeah, yeah. Super, super fun for me to, to see that, Man, that I, growth. I, uh, absolutely, absolutely, and it's got to be really freeing for an organization and a, and a team to be able to really start better connecting with people. Yeah, they can totally be real with each other. Yeah. So when I do workshops, for example, one of the things that my mentor taught me, so I'm 53, right, and I've been in this work since the current civil rights movement started, mm. right? But my mentor, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a white woman, and oh, I didn't just in case you can't see me on I I <laughs> radio see, land. Yeah, <laughs> um, but my mentor is a white woman who's um, about 70, 70 years old and oh. has been involved since the, the original civil rights Incredible. movement in this wow. work. And one of the things that she's helped me, um, I got a lot of mentors in my life. Oh, well, yeah. Um, they yeah. come in. Come and in, go seasons. Yeah. In, in, in terms of generation and gender and um, race and nationality, a, a lot of folks chime in to my work just because I only know my cultural perspective. So I right. need perspectives of other people. Absolutely. And one of the things that she taught me when I'm holding workshops, Amy, if people can just walk away with one thing, is that they learn to check on their impact. Yeah. And it can be as simple as, how did what was my impact or how did my words come across to you okay so um it it gives the person on the receiving end the opportunity to respond with ouch or that didn't feel to or or it, it can just be oh it's fine Let, let's just keep going yeah. so yeah, yeah checking on impact well it's interesting because i mean sometimes when we talk about impact 
we kind of think like, you know, legacy or, you know, what am I doing in terms of like a bigger thing you know, in business sometimes. Like as a business owner, I know people are like, oh, you know, I just want to make a big impact. Right. But there's those nuances of the impacts as well, like just a mm-hmm. conversational impact. Like what 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 do they walk away thinking about, right? Is that is that kind of what you're talking about? Like Thinking about and feeling. Yeah, feeling. Yes, feeling. absolutely. So, so often um, people of color, women, people who identify in minority in any way, different generations, feel in an organization sidelined or mm. silenced. Mm-hmm. And if an organization, and like I said, whether that's a... a church or a classroom or a corporation, if you really want people to bring their whole game to work and bring their whole selves, and that means all of the gifts that they have, Mm -hmm. um, that's what's going to make for this collaboration and innovation. And also the market reach. Yeah. That so, so often, so my ideal client, for example, would be, uh, for example, a white male CEO who okay. has an organization that looks a whole lot like him, mm. right? Right. And this CEO is scratching his head, trying to figure out, how do I reach a broader market? Mm-hmm. Well, in order to reach that broader market, you're going to have to have people around that look like that market, <laughs> right? And in order right. to keep not just hire but retain, right, mm-hmm. and promote people that are perceived as different, however, sure. you know, it might be Whatever a different. physical disability, right? Yeah. Um you're going to want to create an environment that um, has this sense of safety and belonging for everyone, including white men. Right. 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 So an organization approached me recently, and and he's, he's an African-American diversity officer, and he said, well, I know how to get all the minorities on board, but how do I get the white guys? Yeah. And um, if you've got an environment that's really inclusive, everybody feels that they can um, contribute to the conversation. Yeah. And one of the things that I figured out is it's a skill set. It is. Yeah, talking Absolutely. with people that somehow you perceive to be different, it's a skill set. It's art, and it's yeah. a skill set that can be taught. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it is, and sometimes you learn the hard I mean, I know I've, I've learned the hard way. I mean, I, I've misspoken. Things have been taken way out of context of what I meant to say. Um, right. Absolutely. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll stand up enough to, to, to be able to admit it. Right. Um, but uh, for you, <laughs> right, right. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and as a, as a white male, uh, it's not always easy too, because Mm-mm. I mean, in today's society, there is a lot of push back against, you know, the, the pay- patriarchal Caucasian right. based, you know, right. focus. Right. Um, and so, you know, you, as somebody who, who you know, I, I, I care about other people. My, my focus yeah. is always about people. Yeah. And so as, as, as somebody who cares about them, you know, and trying to always like think, okay, how, how, do, I, how do I make this a, a win for everybody? Right. Um, you know, it, it, it can be tough. It can be really tough to, to consider all that. It, it can be tough to consider what the needs are of the people you're talking right. to. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And there's... That can be kind of a hitch when you just diversify an organization, meaning everybody just looks different. You can actually make the culture that you can make, you can create a culture um, of disunity and you can make a problem worse because just because we look diverse doesn't mean we can be in conversation with each other. Right, right. So So if it's just 
I guess just it diverse just for the sake of diverse as opposed to an integration. Work. Yeah, and actually there's about. research out there that you're yeah. actually going to lower productivity if you just make your environment diverse. Uh, yeah. But if you add cultural intelligence to that diversity, meaning people know how to navigate conversations across differences and commonality, yeah. um, now you're going to have an increase in productivity mm -hmm. over having just everybody um, look basically look the same, a homogenous environment. So a diverse environment outperforms a homogenous environment yeah. if they have cultural intelligence. That's good. Which is where That's I good. come in. Well, I mean, like even that term that you mentioned of the gentleman who is a, a diversity officer. Yes. Right? I mean, to me, diversity officer almost sounds like they're policing the diversity, uh, you know? I mean, yes. I, that's my, my perception, right? And, that's which, true. And so... And they might just be watching numbers in right. the organization and making sure percentages reflect society, for example. Right. And, and that's what diversity does. And, and it's a great first step. And you need to know that you're going to potentially lower productivity and um, collaboration if you just stop there. Right. If you're just policing it, you know, like, oh, well, yeah. we've got to have these certain numbers that that match the the what we've just what we've said this is what diversity looks like in terms of right. numbers a certain percentage of this culture a certain percentage of this color culture as opposed to um you know how do we just get different viewpoints and how right. do we get different perspectives in right. it um i'm a john maxwell coach and one of the things that I, I talk about is uh that that everybody has a different version of reality everybody's mm -hmm. got a different perspective mm -hmm. And so I guess one of the things that you key in on there is that each person is coming in with their own knowledge base, their own experiences mm -hmm. that can make, yes. can, can, can get a better sense of the whole picture for an organization. So, right. you know, whatever those problems might be within the organization, you know, there's, there's maybe different ways of looking at them and coming at them that, that a, a diverse culture can, can breed. Is that, is that accurate? Am I yeah, explaining I, that correctly? And John Maxwell, you're right. I'm, I actually am reading one of his books right now. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, he's spot on. Everybody is coming with a different perspective. And yeah. the outward diversity, whether it's disability, gender, race, generation, is um, kind of the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Uh, what, what makes us unique is the stuff that, that's below the surface, kind of yeah. like the iceberg, the, the, all the, the big stuff is below the surface of the water. Yeah. And it's our values and our assumptions and our perceptions that if an organization can tap into, can bring about extraordinary innovation and extraordinary relationships for the people within the organization. Yeah. So cultural intelligence is... Uh, just like you're doing in this radio program, you're doing some mm -hmm. deep listening, you're hearing people out. So where I start with, after a, a lot of folks that value diversity in an organization will ask me, well, you know, diversity is important, why can't we just all get along? Well, <laughs> there's this thing sure, called sure. unconscious bias, right? And, mm -hmm. it, and it sits back there. And yeah. and so one of the workshops that I teach is uh is how to outsmart unconscious bias. Right. And I can't do it alone because I've been enculturated one way and you can't do it alone. But together, um, a, a group of people that have diverse perspectives, which a lot of times is based on and how they appear, their different experiences. Sure, um, sure. Together, we can outsmart unconscious bias because we can notice how a culture might be leaning in favor of a hearing population as oh, opposed to sure. a deaf population. And they may need Absolutely. to attract some deaf employees to be more sensitive if that's their market. Right, um, right. So it's together that we can notice how bias is kind of infiltrated. 
But um, we got to be careful because now we've got some unconscious bias training and we understand that that bias is sitting back there, but then a lot of folks just don't know how to behave. We don't know yeah. how to be with each other. So the, the next thing that, uh, the next workshop that I teach is um, called Exploring Empathy. Mm. It's it's the number one tool. And I actually go through the process of teaching people what empathy looks like and sounds like. Okay. Can, so, can you give us like a little snippet of what does is, what is true empathy look like and sound like? So the fact that you're looking at me <laughs> and and you you asked me a question that used my words. So you're you're paraphrasing the content and and you're acknowledging me. And mm. just by sitting here and, and inviting you've um, you're inv- inviting me to feel seen and heard. And okay. when somebody's having a tough time or feels sidelined or silenced, yeah. and somebody comes alongside just like you are for me now, mm-hmm. and s- asks somebody about their experience and hears them out without interruption and, and gives them eye contact and go, wow, that must be tough. Yeah. That's, that's what empathy looks like and sounds like. Okay. And... Um, and obviously, in the workshop, we spend an hour and a half on it, and, and <laughs> we do a deeper that. dive, yeah. and, and we and I pair people up, and there's nothing embarrassing about it. We just practice in pairs and give yeah. each other a little feedback. Um, but that that empathy piece is the next step. After you know that bias is there, how do I be with you? And mm-hmm. and empathy is a way to decenter a conversation. So. One of the characteristics in a dominant culture, let me just dial back for a sure, moment, if yeah, you don't mind. Please. Um, every country in the world has a majority culture and minority cultures. Mm-hmm. Does that sound about right? Well, that makes sense. I mean, I guess there's a certain percentage that's higher of a certain culture than another, mm-hmm. right? It, yeah, and, and you can call that majority culture a dominant culture. Sure. Um, and you could call, in, in our country, you hear the term white culture. Right. So yeah. those are all terms for the same thing in the United States. Mm-hmm. But every country in the world has a dominant culture. Well, every organization, too, Makes sense. has a dominant culture right. and minority cultures. And when you've got people playing by those majority culture rules yeah, um, and unaware of minority cultures, minority experiences, you've got a culture of assimilation because everybody just kind of needs to fit in. Right, right, right. Like the Borg. I don't know if you're a nerd. Exactly, yes. Star Trek. I'm, I'm a Star a Trek nerd. nerd. Yes. Borg, right, yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> it's futile. Resistance you, you, is futile. You'll, you'll right, have yeah. to assimilate, right? right, right. And, and they assimilate. And that, and that's the way a lot of countries approach working with minorities. Just yeah. um, fit in, right? And that's right. the way we were a culture of assimilation in the United States pretty much until the original civil rights movement. Mm. And more and more, we're moving toward a multicultural society right. where individual needs count yeah. and and need to be heard and yeah. markets need to be reached, right? right? Because yeah. the, the demographics are changing. There really isn't going to be a majority culture in numbers very soon. Interesting. Right, and, yeah. and, um, and with a, where are we, a 3.9% unemployment rate? Mm-hmm. Those organizations that are homogenous are going to have to hire people that don't look like them just right. because, not right. just because they want to reach the market, but because there's not going to be employees that look like you. Yeah. Right? And you don't want those employees ghosting you. You want right. them showing right. up for work, right? You want them and to go- feel comfortable. You and, want them and to stick around, and, right? Yeah, and so one of the things that I remember a, a, 
a CEO asked me, well, there's nothing I can do about those people who just don't show up for work. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I said, Mm -hmm. "Um, do you have a diverse factory floor? And and he said, yeah. Um, And if they don't show up, I can just fire them. Okay. All right. So did you want to talk about creating a more inclusive environment for them? No, I'm fine. I'm like, so then why are we having lunch? Right, right. So so that's not the CEO that that needs to be talking with me. It's the CEO that doesn't want to lose those people on the factory floor, for yeah. example, right? Um, and and folks, there's some infighting, for example, going on on the yeah. factory floor. The Bosnians might not get along with the Mexicans, for example. Yeah. Um, and I'm using that example because uh, my husband is a consultant as well, and yeah. he's in a lot of different factories, and he sees infighting between different cultural groups. Um, if you want to create a culture that's inclusive, meaning it, it has that sense of belonging and sen- sense of safety, um, you're actually going to want to dig down with employees as to why they're not showing up for work. Mm-hmm. So, for example, is it because in St. Louis public transportation isn't great? Yeah. And um, I know that some organizations use Uber to get some people to work. Wow. For other people, they just don't have any extended family and it's a single mom. And if a kid is sick... There's no backup. Right. And um, so it might be that she needs some of her money set aside for daycare or somebody to come in or a place for that child to be in order for her to keep showing up for that hourly job. And we won't know unless we ask or, you know, it might be HR, ask some questions that that can hear somebody's need. And sometimes when you just hold space, they have the answers. Yeah. They just haven't had somebody hold space, hear them out, and, yeah. and they, oh, oh, that's what I could do. And, you know, they have their own answers. Yeah. It's not that a company has to supply all the answers, but it, it might just be an HR person that goes, huh, that's a really tough situation for you. Can we brainstorm together? Right, yeah. right. So A little bit of real, real kind of coaching in terms of connecting with people. I mean, what coaching really means, you know, coaching and yes. leadership and management, all that kind of stuff has been a little... Uh, um, uh, it's kind of all merged in I think people's heads a lot, but real right. coaching is is kind of working with people to help them kind of figure out how to better work through their challenges mm-hmm. and, and and helping them to to decenter the conversation. Okay, so tell it, me more you about can, that. Help me to understand what does decenter the conversation. So that's mean? actually the path that I was headed down earlier. Yes. Silly right. me, you were talking about. Um, I was talking about majority and minority culture. So one of the characteristics of majority culture in the United States. When you're part of a majority culture, you tend to center the conversation around yourself. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I, as a person who identifies with the majority culture, when I'm talking with a person of color, I have to make sure I'm not railroading the conversation. I'm not keeping it about me. Yeah, yeah. And that's the kind of thing an HR person who wants to help encourage this inclusive and um, compassionate environment is going to have to have this skill of decentering this mm. conversation, keeping the focus on the other person. So enough cultural self-awareness. So what are the characteristics of the majority culture that get in the way of building a relationship? And so that's another workshop that I teach. Oh, wow. Yeah, so what are some examples we, there? So we, we might center the conversation around us. In majority culture in the United States, we are task-based instead of relationship-based. Okay, that's We a good are one. on linear time instead of flexible time, mm-hmm. right? So 
And and that has a lot to do with the fact that we are an, an industrialized society. And all the countries that got industrialized at the same time are working on task-based orientation with linear time. So the UK, Holland, Canada, the United States, Germany, we're all on linear time. We're all very task-based. We got to get things done. We mm-hmm. put the relationship second. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. All those economies rock. I'm not knocking the capitalist society. Right, I just right. want folks to have the opportunity to realize that there's times to opt in and to opt, opt out yeah. of those cultural characteristics. This There might be a time um, you actually need to slow down the conversation and be super present with a person while you're problem solving. And if you've got a meeting at 1030 and that person is pretty emotional in front of you, it may be that that next meeting has to be put off just a little bit to finish this very precious conversation in front of you. Yeah, yeah. And there's just uh, just to develop a little bit critical thinking or evaluative thinking around yeah. the cultural characteristics so they don't dominate you. That's <laughs> interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, because we are so task based, but we forget that in you know a, a, a person's that performance resides first in the mind, right? <sighs> and so if we don't cater to those issues you know we, we're, we're well you know, you just need to do better but we're not really helping them to figure out how do they do better right in, in, in the context of the environment and their situation and their life right and uh so that's interesting because i mean you you i'm sure that that the the cultural training that that you provide that that level of empathy expands beyond just you know <laughs> colors of skin and whatnot but i mean it it has to expand just between one person and the other because regardless of another if it's another white male in front of me absolutely he's got a different life experience right absolutely right Right? and it's valid yeah and it's important and it's valuable yeah as as if any one person doesn't have something to contribute yeah yeah well it's interesting because um you know i was having a conversation with uh you know a client and um one of the uh, the salespeople, you know, had some ran into some issues, and uh, there were there's some family things that were going on. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and we talked about that, like, yeah. um, and and those family things were kind of impacting the the performance of the sales. And it's like, well, let's really look at what's going on there, and maybe if we can be more supportive and and helpful, hmm. they can do better. And 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 sure enough, I mean, it 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 helps. So, yeah, it, it, you must be seeing like. W- the 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 groups that that really take to heart what you're talking about, I, I'm sure they see performance increase all over the place. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. and and it's is precious when people not only feel that sense of belonging, and uh, feel safe. Yeah, you're you're gonna have innovation and productivity and profit skyrocket. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's like win win. Right. <laughs> it's right. just it's so awesome. Yeah, even in uh, I mean, a lot of people want to complain about millennials, right? Yeah, I get that all the time. Right. I told you, I'm, I'm 53, and people tell me about millennials, and I'm like, have you sat down and heard them out? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, they're amazing what my 20-somethings have to offer. I've got four kids and two in their 20s, and it's amazing what what they ha- – our conversations back and forth about cultural consciousness. Yeah. And uh, my uh, oldest, she develops exhibits, and mm-hmm. she's always now thinking about accessibility. So, that's, I mean, this is success. If my kids are thinking about accessibility for everyone, and my daughter's a journalist in New York City, yeah. and she talks about interviewing people from not her dominant culture perspective, but capturing that perspective of the person she's interviewing. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. That's the work. 
Well, we've only got two minutes, but if maybe if you have a nugget for, for everybody struggling with the whole millennial quote-unquote thing, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing the finger quote-unquote thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then tell everybody a little bit more about uh, how they can get a, a hold of you and reach you if, if they'd like more information, please. So to learn more about millennials right, right, yeah. and, and working with people, anybody that you feel like is different from you. Yeah. I write a monthly blog. Oh, cool. And the, yeah. the blog you'll find on my website, uh, www.empoweringpartners.com. Yeah. And in that blog, when a person asks me a question, I'll get that answered. Or Great. when I screw up some relationship <laughs> opportunity, it, that's fodder for a blog. And, and, and so it always starts with a story and then a how-to, very practical. Beautiful. Yeah. And then uh, very recently, I've just... Oh, and you got a book. I've got a book called a book. Awoke got... in Progress, an yes. interactive journal. And it's it, I compiled my blog so that people can grow alongside with me. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, it's, yeah. it's a process. I mean, we're all learning every day, right? Every day. Every well, day. yeah. So Awoke in Progress... Um, if they want to get that, is that on like it's uh, Amazon? It's on Amazon. Great. Look at that. I'm Great. all grown up author. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And what was your URL for your website again, your blog? So I'm Amy Narishkin, and my blog is at empoweringpartners.com. Empoweringpartners.com. Yes. Great. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening today. Thank you, Amy, for being on the show. Thank you. I, I think some people probably had some huge revelations today. <laughs> so thank you. This has been Matt Barbie with Time for Success, Business Owner Moms Edition. 